Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and today we are talking about the return on investment for the future of the workplace technologies. How do we measure this uh, and how can we really justify the effort and, and the time that's put in to make these kinds of technologies valuable. I'm joined today by Elisa Ronka. She is the head of Smart Office in Europe for Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Elisa, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. It's our absolute pleasure to have you here again. Now, return on investment, whenever we talk about business, whenever we talk about uh, investments and capital expenditure, we have to understand return on investment. So we have to know what's what's going on and how we can justify that expense. Please, I can't even imagine uh, the, the, the different facets that would come into this topic, but please give us an insight, give us an introduction into how we start to think about this topic for the workplace of the future. Oh, this is my favorite topic because this comes up all the time. Um, the the big problem at the moment is that a lot of decision makers feel a little bit uncertain that is there really a return on investment? Like how can you calculate it? How quickly do we get the payback from any kind of workplace technology that's being deployed? And uh, it's a fascinating discussion because if you think about the biggest value that comes out of workplace technology by far is the employee productivity. So productivity increase, satisfaction increase, well-being increase. And how can you quantify that? We have certain ways of quantifying it. It's slightly theoretical, but it's at least a starting point. Um, first of all, saving time so that you can calculate two minutes, three minutes a day, sa time saved by each individual, individual in the office space. That adds up to actually time that could be spent in generating business, for example, or mm -hmm. being more innovative, whatever it is. So really kind of the the um, opportunity cost um, mm -hmm. of the time that's being spent. Um, on the other hand, we can look at HR kind of KPIs, such as employee churn. Uh, I've talked to organizations where they have targets on increasing um, employee churn from three years to three and a half years, for example. So how can we make that half year happen? And what kind of technology uh, deployments can be done to create that better working environment mm -hmm. uh, for the individuals. So there are kind of different angles uh, to look at, but in the end, it will always remain a little bit fuzzy. It's impossible to quantify, let's say, the revenue growth of an organization that results from either the time saved or the churn uh, increase. There is no bulletproof way of doing it, but it's a fascinating discussion and, and I've had this over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine it would be fascinating because you would get uh, you know, those maybe the, the traditional view, the traditional approach that want to see a spreadsheet and they want to see uh, a payback period uh, and they want to see numbers on the street. You know, they want a spreadsheet. Uh, and then you get, uh, I'm sure, the more progressive and maybe more um, you know, the, the more modern approach, which is something that we've. We've seen a lot over the last decades. You know, uh, you know, obviously it started probably in the tech industry, but people are investing in in these topics. Whether it goes to having you know, having having a nap pod so you can have a little bit of a sleep, or, or having having uh, bean bags, like people have been working on employee satisfaction and, and and the effect it has on retention. How why is it more complex for us, or how how why do we find ourselves in the position that we still need to convince people that this is valuable? That's the million dollar question, because I think especially for these physical aspects and physical furniture and, you know, spaces and having swings in meeting rooms and all these gimmicks that you kind of mentioned, um, yeah. that has been around for a few years. But then for technology, all of a sudden we are much more critical that, OK, where is the ROI? I mean, I'm, I'm sure no one calculated the ROI for a beanbag either. Yeah. So it's uh, it's fascinating 
why for some reason for technology deployments we are uh, more strict. I usually then turn the discussion a little bit around and say, okay, you know, we can do that spreadsheet. We can do that ROI calculation given that it's slightly theoretical and, and, and fuzzy, uh, mm-hmm. but we can do it. But what I would really want to see is the ROI in terms of risk of inaction. So where is that calculation that shows that if you don't actually start deploying workplace technology, because let's face it, the digital natives, they they expect this is a prerequisite. If not today, then definitely tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're late from that train, then what? So where is that ROI calculation um, of actually not doing anything on this topic? So that usually, let's say, sets another tone to the discussion. It, it sets a different tone, but you're 100% right, you know, because as you say, there's digital natives, but also we, we understand better what's possible. Uh, and and the, the product, it almost maybe it's less focused on productivity, but the benefits we see in our personal lives leveraging this technology, it, it just makes common sense that we should start to be able to leverage those benefits in a workplace as well. Exactly. And and this is this is really the, the key that from workplace technology you can actually get these tangible benefits, uh, both from the individual, not only satisfaction level, but actual productivity increase. I'm not sure how big the productivity increase from a beanbag, for example, is compared to finding, for example, a vacant meeting room for your next conference call. So th- th- it's actually the, you know, from a conceptual perspective, it should be a no brainer, uh, but somehow the fact that it's not, you know, it's it's intangible, it's software. Yeah. Uh, somehow it, it makes it probably a little bit harder uh, for decision makers sometimes to grasp. And, and is it be, partly also, you, you know, you walk into an office, you see a beanbag, you see a, a foosball table, uh, you see a nice uh, open space that things can move around, but and, and you can't tangibly see the the components, you know, the technology behind the surface or underneath the surface uh, with that. Is that part of that issue? You know, it's not visible. I think so. But once you deploy that technology and then you get the, because that's the beauty of technology, you can always get the engagement numbers and you can get the, you know, the analytics um, from using that technology. Once you have that, then there is actual tangible proof. But but up until that point, you have to make that decision of actually deploying the technology first. And yeah, it's it's a little bit different uh, with digital compared to physical. Understand. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot again because we love to have a use case or an example. Uh, I'd really be, be interested because, as you say, you've had a lot of these kinds of discussions. I'd be really uh, – I'd love to know what's the most interesting um, – maybe it's a question or maybe it's an output. You know, So when you have deployed this technology and you found a benefit, which maybe even you didn't expect to see, uh, or that the, 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 uh, you know, the company has come back and said, hey – you know, because of this, we've we've now see this amazing thing, which we didn't even consider at the time of of doing this ROI uh, calculation. Have you got something off the top of your head that you could give as an example? Yeah, sure. So I uh, one example that comes into mind is one organization in, in Austria, actually quite a conservative organization for whom we had to do this kind of Excel ROI calculation. Mm-hmm. And we did it then with, let's say, some hypothesis, theoretical numbers of, let's say, 1% per cent, um, employee productivity increase, which is very, very conservative because we have actual statistics of up to 26% and over of, of employee um, productivity increase. But we wanted to be conservative because it's a mm-hmm. conservative organization. And even with these very small, tiny numbers of one or three percent of a productivity increase or uh, increase in terms of employee churn and all these kind of um, uh, KPIs, we ended up with 
huge uh, monetary benefits as an mm -hmm. opportunity cost or direct uh, benefit. So when you started to look at it in a graph and you see all these different columns, you know, rising um, in terms of the benefit, it, it was really a wake up call for me as well that, you know, this is really how we need to look at it uh, because it's it's the, the payback period ends up being extremely, extremely short. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's perfect. And, and and that's one of the most exciting things about it, isn't it? Because we're really still just scratching the surface on this. Um, maybe not from a technological point of view. I think the skills are there, but in our understanding, you know, we, we've improved so much as an industry over the last, let's call it the last five to 10 years of, of, of these kinds of things that we talk about, the impact that the space has on the individuals. Uh, it's not just energy efficiency anymore. Energy efficiency is a noble cause and we will continue to focus on it because we should, but there's so many more benefits that we can help deliver by delivering this flexibility, this environment, uh, this safety, this this positive feeling and, and all of the other aspects that we've mentioned in, in the past. That's so correct. So, I mean, we can refer to the 330-300 rule that, you know, there are a lot of benefits that can be driven in terms of the space utilization, in terms of the, the um, operational costs, but the biggest benefit comes from the people. And if yeah. you reflect that model into these ROI calculations, uh, it becomes visible. It, it slaps you in the face, you know, the facts. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it. There's nothing better than a, a, a fact that's so clear that it slaps you in the face. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Elisa. We love it when you join us. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, John. And thank you to everyone out there who had listened. Please feel free to comment, like, or share this episode. Uh, subscribe to us on all your different or your favorite podcast channels. Go and watch the videos on YouTube. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye.